Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Sapolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss relaxation cassettes, fan art, and northern exposure. But first, a word from our sponsor. USAA is passionate about what they do, ensuring the financial security of the military community and their families. As an employer, USAA creates conditions for employees to succeed. USAA is hiring for customer service reps, designers, developers, insurance, banking, and more. Visit them online and see over 200 jobs available. It's an organization that provides opportunities for you to collaborate, create, and lead. Find your purpose with USAA. Visit usaajobs.com and join the team. Ready to take your website from dream to reality? I know that you are because you hate dreaming and you love reality. Whether you're a first-time blogger or an experienced web pro, HostGator has all the tools you need to design a beautiful website that's perfectly customized to your audience. And with hundreds of templates to choose from, plus mobile-friendly tools, HostGator offers everything you need, all in one place, all backed by 24-7 expert support. Right now, this is, this is important, you got to pay attention. Right now, listeners of tomorrow get 60% off at HostGator. Just visit HostGator.com slash tomorrow and start taking your dreams and making them real. And then taking things that are real and turning them into dreams. My guest today is the co-creator and co-writer of the heavily acclaimed Welcome to Night Vale and the relatively new Within the Wires. I'm, of course, talking about the incredibly talented Jeffrey Craner. Jeffrey, thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. So, look, you are uh, you're kind of like an icon in the world of podcasts. I mean, you uh, are one of these people who's created something that has a life far beyond uh, what most can expect I mean, as a person who's been doing podcasts for a long time, Welcome to Night Vale is what I'm talking about, is is like uh, an iconic uh, uh, entrant in the world of, of podcasts. So let me ask you a question. How do you do that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's, the, I, what's your secret? <laughs> I, I really, I just, uh, to, to backtrack for one second, I, I really like the term icon. I have not heard that before. That That's really amazing. I, I appreciate that, that really fine marble pedestal that yeah. I get to stand on. I, uh, <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, but it's true. It's you, true. I mean, it's, it, it is like a, there's nothing else. There was nothing else like it before it appeared. And there, there, I don't think there's been anything quite like it since. And I think that people look at that as one of those, um, not to ramble, but they look at one of those things that stretches the possibilities of what this medium allows. And so I, and the, 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 of course it's a joke to say, how do you do it? But what, I mean, how, how does that happen? Well, yeah. I mean, how do you do it? Like when when Joseph Fink and I, uh, my friend Joseph, who uh, created the idea of Night Vale, and and he and I started writing it from the very beginning together. Uh, you know, when, our idea was to just make something nobody else was doing. We both listened to a lot of podcasts. Uh, you know, I think at the back in 2011 when we first started talking about this idea. Uh, we were, I was listening to things like uh, comedy bang, bang and stop podcasting yourself and Jordan, Jesse go and my brother, my brother and me and the Bowery boys and WTF and this American life, et cetera. Like a lot of the, the really popular, really great podcasts that have been around for a long time. And uh, that those shows were all doing something that Joseph and I 
can't do. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert on New York history. I'm not a, I'm not a comedian. Uh, we're not improvisers. Uh, we're not journalists. So there's a lot of shows that were doing things way better than we could. And also they already existed. So we had to come up with something that we felt was our own thing and something that fit our talents. And we're both playwrights and writers. And uh, so we thought, well, uh, storytelling seems like the way to go. Uh, and there didn't really seem to be. We started looking for podcasts that were fiction, uh, serialized fiction podcasts. And there, there really wasn't much out there other than, say, like Thrilling Adventure Hour, uh, yeah. which was actually a stage show that they recorded the live performances and put out as a podcast. It wasn't produced as uh, for the podcast medium. And so, hmm. uh, yeah, that doesn't count. Uh, well, yeah, and I mean, it, it counts in the sense of they're <laughs> hilarious and amazing. <laughs> but right. yeah, but we wanted to do something different than what they were doing. And, uh, you know, we both really like uh, monologues. We really like storytelling. Uh, we both come out of downtown New York City theater. So, uh, and if you know anything about downtown New York City theater is, is that it's really expensive because it's theater and it's in New York City. And <laughs> so you, you have to really find ways to tell stories on the cheap. And, uh, and uh, so we come out of this idea of just a, a single person on a stage uh, telling a really good story. And that's what we tried to do. So, okay. So imagine, um, we're going to talk about Welcome Night. I want to talk about a bunch of things, but I, you know, imagine for a second, someone has never heard of this show. They've never heard the show. How would you explain it to, to like, you're introducing this to somebody like, and actually for me, I'm sort of curious to know how you think of this. Uh, as a as a piece of art, so so w explain welcome to Night Vale for the uninitiated. Uh, I feel like the the short version of it is that it is uh, community radio updates from a small, strange desert town where every conspiracy theory is true, and things such as secret police and angels and uh, underground civilizations are just part of normal everyday life, and the people there live a uh, you know. Uh, live their lives and just accept that and move on. And uh, that's that's really st how it's structured. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's the, all there uh, is to it. That's all there is to it. We try to just be true to the community radio format in some ways. And uh, we have community calendars and updates on the high school football team and, uh, you know, PTA bake sales and just local news like, uh, you know, things like uh, uh, <laughs> things like street cleaning day is coming this week. Everybody run and hide because we're all going to die. And, right. uh, street cleaning is not it's not like a, a you're getting the trash off the street. Right. It's, 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 it's like there's some horrible machine that's uh, going to happen. What, what a, does happen to street cleaning, actually? Maybe I don't. Maybe I haven't heard it's that a, episode. Uh, no, I think you were on the right track. It's a, oh, it's, it's a okay. very, very bloody day. It, it, it is one of the worst days in, uh, in all of Night Vale. <laughs> oh. um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and a lot of the a lot of the, the backdrop for Night Vale to me. When, so when I started listening to, it, I, and I'll admit, I heard the first episode. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this! Like, this is not for me. Like, I'm not going to be able to get into this. And by the way, yes, you can swear on this podcast in case. Oh, great! You're wondering. Um, so please feel free to unleash uh, expletive after expletive. Oh, heck yes! <laughs> but like when I first heard, it, I was like, no, fuck this! I'm not into it. Like, this is too. I felt like it was too scripted. I'd been listening to podcasts that were just people talking or like you know, sort of in depth interviews. Um, but then I know there was something about it, and it, it it and I kept listening, and I started to get really immersed in it. And I and the one of the things that I think was a hook for me is that a lot of the inspiration it feels like you guys are drawing on is like 
very Lovecraftian. There's stuff there that's very Lovecraftian. There's definitely, you know, if you're a fan of the X-Files, there are things you'll be like, wow, this is great. Like, what are the influences? Like, what are the things that you guys were thinking about? I'm sorry, I'm probably, you've probably heard these questions a million times. No, like, so, uh, Allow me I, yeah. to just get, feel, like, fulfill some of these, like, the needs that I have, which is like, what, how do you, like, <laughs> were you guys reading stuff? Were you watching stuff? Was there some, has it just been like in the background for you the whole time, these like influences? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's I think it's an amalgamation of a lot of different inspirations. Uh, uh, you, we get Lovecraft a lot, and I think there's a lot of Lovecraftian horror to what we're doing. Uh, both Joseph and I really sort of dislike Lovecraft, both as a being sort of a bad writer and also a, a racist piece of shit. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. But he was, and yet, uh, <laughs> and yet no, so influential. He, he's so influential, and 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 so much of what he was was creating was, I think, actually would work in in some ways uh, really well in a radio or audio only format because of uh, he does sort of avoid describing a lot of things. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he kind or of uses the same you. words over and or over use, again. Yeah. uses the same words. There's, there's a repetition. And, uh, and, and I think that there's a, uh, you know, the, there's the joke about Lovecraft of like, I think a couple times in his stories, he uses, he's trying to describe something and he says it's undescribable or indescribable. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> indescribable. Word. Yeah. Indescribable. And I'm like, no, but you're a writer. You should try. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, just give it, uh, just, just give it a whirl. I mean, just give it a, go. a word. Yeah. I don't know a set wanna, of words you could use. Yeah. I don't want to line edit your work, but this is a, a thought. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think there, there's obviously that the idea of looking at something so unspeakably or indescribably horrible that it makes you that it that it destroys your your psyche or destroys your body, uh, I think is is uh, is really fascinating. Uh, I think uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of horror background. Joseph is a bigger horror film fan than I am, but I, I definitely grew up reading uh, Stephen King nonstop as a child, and uh, so that that's definitely there. So, uh, so yeah. The, the 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 shows are sort of like disconnected. I mean, when I started listening, I expected, I guess I expected more of a connection between each episode. And there are things that unfold that you start to pick up on. You're like, oh, okay, wait, there's, I'm getting more of this story and there's relationships that kind of unfold mm-hmm. in ways that, that, you know, are not overt in the sense that they aren't like you're hearing two people, you know, act out a scene um was that planned from the start like that you would have these kind of like latent narratives that were happening these sort of continuous narratives on with this on top of or or next to what feels like relatively free form a lot of the time it was not planned at all we had no we didn't really see past like five or ten episodes when we started writing it not that not that we didn't think we would write more than five or ten episodes but just that uh, the only thing we told each other when we set out to make it was uh, after that pilot episode, we were like, that was uh, that was sort of like bizarre poetry and Lovecraftian horror and strange, weird fiction style humor. Um, but no, we, we just thought, well, all we need to do is just, you know, we need to make a show that is around this length. We need to put it out on a set schedule so that people know when it's going to be there. And we need to... Uh, because it's fiction, we need to just hold to strict continuity. Uh, strict continuity for us meaning basically like, uh, you know, if you, you know, set up something for the universe, don't completely destroy it in the next episode. You know, like if, if something happens, then that that happened and it just, sh- you should have that acknowledgement. And, and as we got through about 
15 or 20 episodes, we started seeing a lot of different stories start forming and, and the lives of some of the characters changing. And so you're like, well, you have to address that. You know, we're just going to move forward in time. And some of the, the non, you know, we, we don't do a, when you listen to an episode, uh, you know, they come out on the 1st and the 15th. So if you listen to the episode on the 1st, on the 15th, you're very likely not to pick up exactly where the last one left off. And our idea would be is it, it is kind of like listening to a radio program. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks have passed. So who knows what's been going on in that time? There's probably a lot of stuff you missed because you weren't hearing sure. these other episodes that happened. And uh, and also to kind of like because we're we're 100 and 101 episodes in, 102 episodes in, um and uh, and so at this point, you know, it, it can be really daunting, I think, for people to say, like, oh, I've never heard this show. Oh, I don't know where to begin. Do I start at episode one? Can I pick it up at 102? Uh, what do I do here? And so I think we, we try to write the show in a way that, that there, there are there are episodes that are that are very plot heavy, meaning that they're dealing with stuff that's been building for 20, 30, 40, 50 episodes uh, over time, like smaller stories or. Um, dealing with something that's happening in maybe like a six to ten episode arc that we're playing with, um, but then there's just a lot of episodes that are um, that are uh, you know kind of standalone that, that that just kind of that just kind of happen in there. So if you, I think it's very similar to like I remember thinking when I was a kid uh, and I heard Howard Stern's show for the first time when I was a teenager and I had my own car. And I remember I didn't know who Howard Stern was. I just turned it on. I was like, this is unlike anything I've ever heard in my whole life. This is really <laughs> a, a, amazing radio uh, because I, I just had never heard people on the radio like this before. This is like 1991 yeah. maybe. And uh, and I just thought, I thought, whole, I, I have no idea who all these people talking are. Like there's just so many people talking, but you just keep listening and eventually you learn their stories. You learn what they're doing. You learn what they're about, whatever. Um, yeah. That, that, Obviously, that, yeah, that sort of thing. Well, that's interesting because one of the things I think when I when I have listened to Howard Stern recently and certainly think about Night Vale is um, it, it is like this, you're kind of inside of this universe for a little bit of time that's a, got its own rules and regulations and laws and characters and all this stuff. And it's like you do tend to get the, I don't know, I listen to, I've listened to most uh, most Howard Stern and frankly, most audio I've listened to, you know, podcast or otherwise is in my car. And it's like one of those things where it's like you're driving at night or in the morning or whatever. And you're just like in this zone where pe this whole thing is being kind of laid out for you. You don't necessarily know all of the dimensions of it. And I think this is something you guys have done really well, but it's like you get a sense of the, the texture and you're kind of, you're in the moment, you're in that space. I, I think it's, like, it's interesting to hear that there was something, it sounds like maybe intentional about that, um, where it's like the lack of information, but the but the heaviness of information yeah. is, it does help to create that world more vividly. Yeah, and I, and I think so much of like uh, storytelling, just in general, whether you're writing weird fiction like Night Vale or whether you're uh, writing a play or, or just telling a story at a party to people. I, mean, I think there's, there's always a balance between levity and gravity. And, and, and I think, you know, if you go to a party and you, you know, you, you, you may tell your friends about something really terrible going on in your life and they're like, Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that you broke up or you lost your job or whatever. But at a, at a certain point you, you are storytelling. So you, you do have to kind of like moderate that a little bit. You have to remember to come back out of it because if you spend your whole three hours at the party just moping around about, I lost my job, it's it's going to be bad storytelling. It may make you feel better. I don't know, but it's it's a thing of really, and I think the same thing as storytelling is like we try and balance that constantly of 
of of of of having something that is very heartfelt and and maybe moralistic, uh, something that is about love, something that is about tragedy, and then at the same time, or something that is about horror, and 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 uh, and and then you balance that out with a very odd joke or a, a fake ad from Home Depot or something like that to, <laughs> yeah. to kind of break it all up. Yeah, uh, the ads are yeah the ads are the concept of fake ads generally is a really good idea. I think um, I love them. we're so inundated with real ads, it's like kind of refreshing. Um, yeah. uh, what what is community radio like? I actually don't. I mean, this is based on this concept of community radio. Maybe I'm stupid for not knowing what this is or what it's supposed to be, but I can't say that I've ever heard an actual community radio broadcast. I I wonder about this too because I haven't really done much research about like how common community radio is, but I, I grew up in a town called Mesquite. Uh, it's a suburb of Dallas, Texas. And in Mesquite, uh, there is a radio station called KEOM 88.5 FM, and they are a community radio station. Their, their format is mostly, from what I remember, I haven't lived there in many, many years, but I their format when I was a kid was, was you know, hits of the 60s and 70s, really. Um, and maybe not even hits. I don't even know if they could afford the hits. It was just songs right. like, They're like, you know, poppy music B, from the like era. the B sides or uh, <laughs> yeah, discarded. Yeah. There was like a dump, a record where they, they dumped the old records that didn't sell, and they would just yeah, them off yeah, and, something like that. Fun. And um, C sides. That's right. It's totally C sides of the weird yeah. <laughs> triangular records that people got. Yeah, I um, <laughs> the um, but I, I listened to that station a lot as a kid, uh, just because I don't know. I liked that music. Uh, as you know, like when I was like nine, 10, 11, 12, you love bad music. Into, yeah. I, did, I loved bad music. It was great. <laughs> like if you get some Eddie rabbit, it was all, yeah. it was great. I love a rainy night. And, nice. uh, the, I remember in, uh, in high school, I started listening to that station even more because two reasons. One, they would play, um, they would play the high school football games for the Mesquite high school teams. And, uh, so I would listen to, uh, I would listen to their coverage of those games, and I love sports, so it was kind of fun to listen to local high school football games. And then uh, during the day, high school students uh, there was a there was a radio program in Mesquite Public Schools, so all four of the high schools, uh, you know, students could apply and do that. And I didn't apply to do that only based on how shy and uh, incompetent I felt uh, uh-huh. at the time. But you know, you know that sense of like, oh, I'm I'm too scared to do that. I, I like being in marching band, and that's it. And uh, right. but I had friends that did that, and it was really fun listening to them. And they would do um, stuff that's not dissimilar to what we do on Night Vale, which is here's your community calendar this Saturday night at blah blah blah. There's going to be a fundraiser for the PTA of whatever elementary school, and um, it's going to be the they're going to feature local bands and. Uh, whatever, you know, and uh, uh, they would do things like that or like the the Dallas Summer Musicals will be presenting so-and-so. Uh, that show opens on Sunday afternoon at Fair Park uh, Music Hall. You know, you'd have things like that. You would have traffic updates uh, and you would have sports updates. You would have like local news about funding at the schools and things like that. So um, that's really what it was. And it was fun to listen to that as a teenager, not because I was so interested in the local politics in my community, but I had friends that worked on the radio station. So it was right. fun to listen to them mess up street names when they were trying to do traffic <laughs> or whatever. So, so you, so you don't, so I'm curious though. So, so, so the, so Night Vale as like, as you envision it, or as you think of it in your mind, are those, are those, just little snippets of there would be otherwise there's radio shows that are happening and there's 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 music that's being played in Night Vale that we don't hear. Yeah, my thought would be there there would be other radio stations there because there always are. Uh, 
I mean, no, I don't but know I mean, what like, on that channel. Oh. On yeah. that channel, is is that the entirety of the broadcast, or are we only hearing a part of it? I think we're only hearing a part of it. I think there are other radio shows. I mean, the, you know, Cecil, the 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 main the main character, the, mostly the sole narrator of the show, is um, he 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 occasionally uh, at the end of pro, uh, at the end of an episode, we will allude to stay tuned next for, and he'll say whatever show is coming up. Right. Um, I think one right. time. So there's I obviously for, so there's yeah. other shows. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other shows on there. Um, I think our favorite joke, I don't remember which of us wrote it, so I can call it my favorite because maybe Joseph wrote it, but it was, I think, you know, we would always try and do something surreal, like stay tuned next for the sound of your own heart beating in your chest, and then later out of your chest, something like that, I don't know, something. <laughs> right. And um, yeah. But we had one where it was like, uh, we were just trying to play off of existing radio shows, and we stay, said stay tuned next for our uh, popular uh, game show, Wait, wait, no, please don't, no, stop, please no. And so, you know, <laughs> little so, little you know, wait, wait, don't tell me. Injured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, okay, so now this just, my mind begins sort of thinking about the possibilities. If there are other shows, will we, would we ever hear the other shows? Like, uh, is it possible there are, there are other shows on the, on the air that we'll be able to listen to? I have a page full of ideas for other shows that would be really fun to make. I just haven't done that yet. Um, but Night I just vale haven't shows. gotten around. Yeah, like other Night Vale shows that would, you know, we would put it onto the Welcome to Night Vale feed. Um, the only such example we really have is we have the kind of the rival town, the Shelbyville to Night Vale's uh, spring, uh, Springfield uh, yeah. is uh, Desert Bluffs. Uh, or Eagleton, that's a more updated reference, right? Uh, is an eagle? Is it Eagleton? What's the what's, an, what's that, a Parks and Rec uh, uh, rival oh, town? Oh, uh, uh, is it Eagleton? Sounds right to me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. That's Let's like all, where that. all the rich people where all the rich people live. Is yeah, yeah. I think I think you'll get the emails correcting it. So we'll go. With <laughs> yes, that. Def- I definitely will. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, so like Desert Bluffs is the rival town to Night Vale, and so we did one episode where. There was a, st- a sandstorm coming through the desert, and we did a two-part episode that we dropped both episodes at the same time. And one is Cecil's broadcast in Night Vale of what the sandstorm is doing, and then the other was from uh, Kevin, who is the host of Desert Bluffs Community Radio, broadcasting what's happening in Desert Bluffs. And so they're two very different experiences happening at the same time. So that was, this is the only time we ever did, like, here's this other radio show happening in this area of, yeah, of the country. Yeah, that's... That's I so I haven't heard that. I mean, that makes me want to want to listen to this immediately because I'm very curious. I see I'm very curious about I want to connect all of the things that are talked about uh-huh. in Night Vale to like I want to figure out how it maps. Like I assume and I have not delved into this. I assume people have done maps of Night Vale and there are yeah. like character sketches and A sort lot, of like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does that, and is that to you, do you like that? Are you like, Oh, I love is it. That ex- I, is that, does that help to expand the universe for you? Uh, it doesn't help to expand the universe. It's just fun to know that you made a thing that people are like, I'm going to draw a picture of this character you completely made up in your own head or that, that somebody, you know, that I made up a thing and somebody uh, drew a picture of it. I think that's really, really cool. I think it's really amazing to have a fandom. Like that was not yeah. something I ever thought would happen. And, uh, and our fans are really like we, we're very lucky in that we have very lovely fans who uh, do good uh, things and make good art. And uh, yeah, I really love that. I, I think it's really cool um, because sometimes people 
you know, there's a lot of sort of agreed upon, you know, crowd think of what Cecil or Carlos or some of the other characters look like. Uh, but every so often somebody creates something that is so out of out of the norm, uh, out of the usual that that it, that I think, oh, that's really amazing. I hadn't really thought that the angels would look like that. Um, that was not <laughs> in my head. And that's really cool. I'm glad you did that. Um mm. See, I need to, I need to like Google more uh, Night Vale art. Clearly, I need. There's to, like, a lot out there. There's or just start doing my own sketches, perhaps. Uh, maybe you should. I would love that. That'd be great. I have a lot of free time, and I don't know why I'm not spending <laughs> it um, drawing sketches of Welcome to Night Vale characters. Uh, I want to take a quick break mm-hmm. uh, for some advertising, and then I, and then I've got a bunch more questions. I swear they're not all going to be about Welcome to Night Vale, but I I have to say many of them are. Great. Look, we all rely on technology like computers, phones, and tablets on a daily basis, sometimes on uh, on a uh, weekly basis even. But unfortunately, all that screen time can put a strain on your sensitive, special, precious eyes and lead to headaches, blurred vision, and increased sensitivity to light, uh, which I experience naturally, but uh, that's my own problem that I have to deal with in my own way. Uh, thankfully, Crizal no-glare lenses can protect your eyes from the glare of digital screens as well as the harmful effects of blue-violet light helping to safeguard your eyes from potential damage. They even protect your eyes from harmful UV light by providing 25 times more UV protection than going without eyewear. Grizzal lenses also give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to scratches and smudges. That means no more fingerprints after taking your glasses on and off or damage from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. Also, no stuff from your glasses will get on your shirt. So that's kind of a big deal. And because Crizal no-glare lenses reduce distracting glare, your friends and family can actually see your beautiful eyes, not just your glasses. Look better, feel better, and most importantly, be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Go to Crizal.com to learn more. That's C-R-I-Z-A-L.com. And start living life in the clear. Let me tell you something. If you're running an e-commerce business, Whiplash is your virtual warehouse. You send your products to a Whiplash facility so that when orders come in, Whiplash packs and ships them just like you would, but faster and cheaper. And frankly, I think they're going to wrap it up better than you would because you're pretty clumsy. Leave the logistical hassle of order fulfillment to them and save money on shipping costs while doing it. Look, your holiday sales shouldn't be stressful. Next time, get Whiplash. I mean, don't get, don't get Whiplash. Get the service Whiplash. They've got facilities in Detroit, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and London so you can be covered wherever you are. And right now, this is very hot. This is very exciting. Listeners to this podcast can get $100 credit when signing up at getwhiplash.com slash tomorrow. Okay, welcome back. I'm talking to Jeffrey Craner, one of the creators of Welcome to Night Vale and Within the Wires. Uh, we, were, we were just talking about um, fan art and uh, and my in my new career in making fan art for Welcome to Night Vale, um, <laughs> but so here's the thing. This is now I'm assuming this has been a highly profitable endeavor for you, and you're extremely wealthy because of it. And <laughs> right. uh, you're now set. I mean, you're set for life. You had you've had a successful uh, podcast that a lot of people love, and so I assume you don't need to make anything else. But to me, it seems like Night Vale. Um, if you were interested in making more money and also making great art, it seems like Night Vale kind of lends itself 
perfectly to a television, like is like the perfect television um, backdrop. Like obviously on TV, you need characters that are doing things in like, you know, kind of sequence, but the, the, the world of Night Vale seems so rich to me. Has there been ever, any conversation about taking it from, from a podcast to something that is like bigger and, and bolder and, and on my television? Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about that uh, with each other and with uh, and with people who know more about how television works than we do. Um, it's been a slow process, and most of that has to do with how controlling we are about Night Vale. Uh, right. We we you know we went into this project with not with the goal of becoming uh, famous or becoming uh, entrepreneurs or making a lot of money at it because. Uh, it just we just went into it being like here's a cool story we want to tell and and we've had so much fun writing and making the story that it just didn't it felt you know when Night Vale took off we got a lot of emails from producer types uh, that were like hey I want to talk to you about a TV show for this network or for this or whatever and uh, we just never we just haven't quite we just hadn't quite found a fit yet and uh, and a lot of that had to do with we didn't want to just sign over rights and get a check and then just move on. Right. Um, I think we want to be involved in what that is. And for us, we're writers and we do theater. So going from, you know, making a podcast seemed uh, that's acting and, and writing and then doing a live show that's acting and writing and, and putting something on stage and interacting with an audience. And we're very comfortable with that. And then we wrote the novel and we felt comfortable with that as writers and, and going into a more, uh, yeah, going into film and television is, is a lot more complex because we, uh, I mean, I barely ever shoot videos on my iPhone, uh, let alone actually produce uh, <laughs> and, and edit a television script and how to shoot that and how that works. So we've been talking to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, really cool people that are kind of helping us with that process and, and getting more, um, you know, hopefully getting closer to, to something there. And, but there could uh, be. You think there could be something. You think there might be something. Oh, I th yeah. I think just like what you said, I totally agree with that. I think I think Nightville is is rich with with ideas that you could put on television, and and I think so much of our influence, I think, has been the the Weird Town USA television uh, genre, right? Like all the way back from is like. That, is, I'm sorry. It's Weird Town USA a genre? I think so, right? Like because you have <laughs> things like yeah, you have like. Twilight Zone, and then when I was a kid, you had Erie, Indiana, and uh -huh. you had The Adventures okay. of Pete and Pete, which is kind of a weird, you know, it's kind of like, these things take place in Americana-type towns, often in the Midwest, um, but they're 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 supernatural in in a way. Yeah, uh, supernatural towns. Yeah, um, to, to to Twin Peaks, which is the the ultimate in in supernatural. Um, you could even say something like Northern Exposure is a super realistic show, but it, but it's also playing off the the weird town thing. Like the town itself becomes a character yeah, a because character. it is so yeah. strange. By entering that town, your life instantly becomes weird. Um, and nowadays, you know, you ha you have things like uh, 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 Gravity Falls was a really popular uh, animated series uh, from a couple years back that uh, I think also fits that bill and. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know I, all I, the weird. You know all the weird town shows. I um, would Riverdale fall into that? I just started. I watched the first episode of Riverdale, which is um, is the Archie show. I don't know if you've seen this. I have not seen this. Did no. you know they made an Archie show? They the, <laughs> the CW, which is apparently all the CW. I don't. I didn't know this, but all the CW does now is make like comic shows, which is kind of cool, I guess. It is um, cool. 
But they made Archie into a show called Riverdale, like Archie and Veronica. Uh, and um, it's very updated, but it's also like very noirish. Like there's a kind of Twin Peaks-ishness to it, Weird. which is like there's some murders in it. And it may be a little bit too much for Archie, but I'm not really sure. But at any rate, what you, I was just thinking about it as you were talking about this, because like I'm like, oh, I guess that is a thing on television. I haven't thought about that much. Northern Exposure, it's funny. I thought of it while we were talking um, a little bit earlier, and it's the one show that I actually can think of that, um, well, it has like a community radio station mm-hmm. in the town, right? Isn't that like one of the big things? Like his girlfriend, the main character's girlfriend is like the DJ at the local radio station or something? I think so. It is not fresh in my memory at all, but yes, okay. I think you're right. Well, it's very vivid in my memory. I'm always thinking about Northern <laughs> Exposure, but uh, but that's the but I think like as far as community radio goes, that's probably like where I'm most familiar is like on the with the um, depiction of it on Northern Exposure, uh, a yeah. great show starring uh, Rob Morrow. I think that's who the star was. Well, and uh, I thought of it because I've been watching The People versus O.J. Simpson on Netflix this past yeah. week. And, oh, he's uh, in it. Morrow that's right. A, he plays, right. plays Barry Sheck, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember seeing him, just thinking. Rob Morrow is so exciting to see him again. Yeah. Yeah. It's finally, we've all been waiting. All the Northern Exposure fans. <laughs> North X, as we call ourselves. No, uh, North X, been, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyhow, okay. So uh, so maybe Night Vale becomes, we will see some sort of like, uh, well, TV maybe is kind of selling it short, but like some video form of what in, at this point is a pure audio thing. Yeah, yeah, I hope mm. so. I'd like, I'd like to do that someday. Graphic novel too. Uh, again, yeah. just a genre I don't know how to enter into uh, because right. I just, I'm not an artist. Yeah. So now, so now you've taken uh, the Welcome to Night Vale and you've turned it into kind of like an empire. You've got several <laughs> other shows on your podcast network. Alice isn't dead. Um, the Orbiting Human Circus of mm-hmm. the air. Is that right? Is it, yep. did I say that right? That's because I haven't, 100%. I will cop to not having listened to these and I haven't listened to within the wires, which is, is that your newest thing that you've done? Uh, orbiting human circus was the newest thing. We just wrapped okay. up the first season and uh, of that. And within the wires was our, um, was the second show we added and Alice isn't dead, uh, premiered last, uh, March and season two is coming very soon. Uh, so, so, in the next couple months. So tell me about, so tell me about one, like deciding to, to, I mean, these aren't spinoffs, right? I mean, these are completely no. standalone. Yeah, completely standalone. Um, and and how does what's what's the decision to where you go from? Hey, we're these creators that are making this show to we're now going to um, well, clearly you're making new stuff, but then also be involved, maybe not so directly in in other productions. Like, what? How does that come about? And 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 what's the benefit there? Like, what's the advantage it's, for you guys? Well, it's two things. Uh, I mean, uh, the number one benefit is just artistic, right? You just you you just Joseph and I had these, Joseph had this idea for this show about a truck driver um, and kind of like a horror thriller motif uh, and that, you know, uh, she believes her, uh, you know, her wife to be dead, but she is not. Uh, That is in the title. That is not a spoiler. Um, uh, Don't send me an email saying, is Alice dead? Um, And uh, the... You know, so he had this idea for the show, and I had this idea for Within the Wires uh, from a few years ago about doing a whole podcast that is told in the style of relaxation cassettes. 
And uh, and as as you um what wait what is that? But first well, off, I mean relaxation cassettes. You say it as if um like I'm gonna go. Well, of course, the style yeah. of relaxation. Yeah, cassettes. you know, you know. Can, the you, thing. can, can you expand on what the style of real? Uh, well, first what? off, what are relaxation cassettes, and what is the style? Well, like the relaxation tape is the is the kind of. I feel like we've all seen at least a parody of this or heard a parody of the style, which is the. You hear kind of like peaceful, new agey music like you would hear in a, you know, if you were at a spa or something like that. And then you hear this peaceful, new agey synthy music. And then uh, there's a calming voice saying, you know, um, you know, breathe in through your nose, feel mm. the air into your lungs and exhale. Like that sort of like calming voice that tells you like, here are some exercises, you know, uh, stand feet apart. Uh, lower, you know, you know, bend your body from your torso, feel the blood, blah, blah, blah. You can, you can just do a lot of things of like feeling your body or it's a meditation cassette or some of them are in the guise of subliminal tapes, which I'm sure don't work at all, but, uh, however those are. And so you have that style. And my thought was if you, if you set it up, as it like a, I was thinking like, it's, you know, you, you get a set of like a box of cassettes and like do this 10 step program to feel total relaxation to calm you of anxiety and fears and blow, you know, loneliness, et cetera. And, um, so they're like, they're like quit smoking, like a quit. Smoking yeah. Kind of the yeah. quit. Yeah. That sort of thing. And the way yeah. my co-writer Janina Matthewson and I set it up was about halfway into the first episode, you realize that these are issued by some vague, uh, group called the Institute. And you are obviously a, prisoner in some kind of medical facility and mm. these mm. are things so to these are things to program you for some kind of reprogramming program that you are involved in and mm. uh and and the person recording the cassettes is uh trying to code an escape plan for you so that's how we built the show was the person who's recording these cassettes is like, I'm trying to get you out of here, but I can't say I'm trying to get you out of here. Here's just if you're paying attention, please listen, remember and comprehend what I'm telling you. Uh, but in this like really calming voice. So it was a it was a fun experiment in the podcast and kind of the the intimacy of audio storytelling. Right. Interesting. Um, and so does that is that something that you have a beginning, middle and end for at this point? I mean, uh, since, since you, I mean, Nightfield sounds like kind of came up sort of naturally. You weren't like, okay, we're going to, we know exactly where this is going, but this yeah. sounds much more narrative, much more like there's gotta be a conclusion. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much of a conclusion there is for the whole show of within the wires. However, for, each season of Within the Wires, we we do have the beginning, middle, and end to it. And so it can be kind of like it's a little bit more contained than Night Vale. You know, Night Vale, we have bigger stories that we tell and may may take like a 10 or 20 episode arc to tell a particular story. Or it may be something that we set up in the first three or four episodes of the whole show and then didn't get back to it till like episode 80 or something. Right. Um, but Within huh. the Wires, yeah, huh. we, we sit down and, and, and craft it out like a, like a novella. All right, it's a ten-chapter novella, uh, but for audio fiction. Uh, and do you see? Do you see your audience, like your Nightvale audience? Are they convert? Do they go well? Whatever you're doing, I'm going to listen to it. Like, I is there is there a lot of crossover? And I guess this actually brings me to another thought, which is, and I feel like you guys have to be doing this, but is there crossover? Like, are there universe crossovers in these things? Like, 
Are there connections? We had no we had no intention to cross over the universes between the shows. Um but uh definitely the audience crossover was kind of one of our intentions when we decided to make Night Vale Presents uh, of like a this uh, sort of like independent network of not necessarily we're not limiting ourselves to fiction podcasts uh but we are um we certainly wanted to go into storytelling of shows that aren't being made. Uh, you know, when you when you think, oh, I have an idea for something and you look and it'd be really cool if somebody was doing this cool show and you find out, oh, nobody is doing this cool show. Let me let me make this cool show that nobody else is making. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And it, it also and, and also because we had Night Vale and Night Vale has such a, a to us anyway, a, an extraordinarily large audience. Uh, we just thought, well, it would also be a great way to we can take that Night Vale audience and say, hey, y'all, we have this. We have this network, uh, and we're making these other shows. We're we're finding these other artists that aren't currently making podcasts, uh, and we are um, they're they're putting this new show like uh, like Julian Coster with with new, uh, with um, Orbiting Human Circus had this cool idea, and we're like we I, we have to make that because that's brilliant, and I think our audience would like that. So our hope is that we can introduce our Nightville audience to other podcasts and get them involved in that, but. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'm I'm not very good at like market research or anything, so I couldn't really right. tell you like what's right. the percentage of crossover. I I have no idea. Right. But so and you guys did uh I mean, do you see that audience carry into so you did a book, right? Is there a yeah. there's a, a Welcome to Night Vale book? Sorry, I'm going back and forth, but yeah, yeah. Uh, is that you know, explain how that happens, how that works into the the universe. A book is a, a very different uh very different than a podcast, obviously. Yeah. Um, I say this as a man who has done a podcast and read a book. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so like, how does that work? What is the, what is the process there? What is the um, thinking in wanting to do that? And, and, and how does the audience respond to that sort of thing? We just have always, both Joseph and I have always wanted to write a book. And it really was about a year in where we were like, oh, we're getting offers from people who want us to do a book or a TV show <laughs> or a movie or a graphic novel yeah. or whatever. And, we're like, well, I, I don't know how to do any of those other things, but I do know how to write a book. Um, neither of us had ever written a novel. However, we get the basic idea. We've been writing stories for a long time, and uh, and we just had some ideas in our head for making a book. And we, we went around to publishers and found a publisher in Harper Perennial we really loved. And uh, they really got what we were wanting to do and really were excited about it. And so we said, yeah, we have this. Here's this novel we want to write. And you know, here's a bunch of chapters we've already written. What do you think? And they're like, we love it, make it. And so we finished the book and, uh, and, uh, put out just, a welcome to Nightville, a novel. And, um, right. it yes. is a novel though. I mean, it's like it, a it proper is a novel. novel. Yeah, it is a proper novel. And we took, and, and you brought up the point of like, it's, it's different than a podcast and, and you're dead on. And that was the very first thing we went into it when we were like, how do we write it before we even thought of the story? The very first thing we sat down and said, which was, this is a novel. You have to write it differently. Um, right. you, you can't, you know, to read a 400 page novel takes what is it like a 10 hour read or an eight hour read or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you can't, for me, you it. never actually read it. You just, <laughs> right. and yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like forever. It takes you literally your entire life to read it. Yeah. Eight months or whatever to get through a hundred yeah. pages. And then I'll, right. I'll get back to that. And, yeah. um, yeah, you have a, but you, so you can't be like, well, this is one long podcast that's just, or one long radio show. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And also people, you can get an audio book, of course, but you, 
most people who get books get a physical book and they sit and they read it with their own voice in their own head. And so that was really important to us to, to create the voice of whatever omniscient narrator you have telling you about Night Vale and then not telling stories we've already done on the podcast. We wanted a book that if you had never even heard of podcasting in general and you saw it and you're like, I like this cover, I like this description, I'll buy this book and read it on a train. Uh, we would hope that it doesn't involve you needing to listen to a hundred episodes of a, of a podcast uh, to do. So, you know, you can have a brand new, a brand new right. story that sets the world of Night Vale. But if you are a super fan, it's not telling something you've already heard. So wait, so uh, I don't want to like, I don't want to do any spoilers or anything, but who is, <laughs> what is the, like, who's in the book? So we decided because the show is all from Cecil's point of view, he is our unreliable narrator of the Welcome to Nightville podcast and the Nightville community radio station. And that's all we really ever hear from. And so with the book, we we're like, well, let's, let's put it out on into the town itself. And so the main characters are, are, are there's two main characters, uh, uh, Jackie Fierro and Diane Creighton, um, who both were sort of tertiary characters on the podcast. Like every now and then they're just kind of a background person that, you know, uh, you know, Diane has a, has a teenage son. And so she's on the PTA. And, and so we, she kind of like sometimes in various stories, Cecil will mention Diane Creighton, uh, of the PTA was doing blah, 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 um, event. And so we kind of took those, these, and, and Jackie Fierro owns the pawn shop in Nightvale. And so we just took those two characters and kind of built out these two stories that started intertwining. And so we kind of built out their own mystery that they have to uh, solve or resolve. And, 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 uh, and Cecil is still in the book, but he kind of is these, uh, we built him out as like these interstitial chapters of just the Nightvale community radio station and local broadcasts. And so it, it, it does become this kind of other narrator that's kind of talking about what else is going on in town, as well as other stories that may relate to what's happening to them too. Interesting. God, yeah. I wish I, I only wish that I could, uh, come up with such a fertile, ground such a, a a wonderful like place for ideas to come from as you have with night vale. hearing you talk about it and thinking about the possibilities of like all of the things you might do makes me feel very um lazy and stupid is that the desired result is that what you want people to <laughs> when, you, a... when you when you thought of uh, creating welcome to night vale, were you like we can really hurt people with this we can really make them feel like they're uh underperforming as a human when John emailed me to ask me if, if I wanted to, to, to do the show, I was like, well, only if I'm allowed to make Josh feel bad. Yeah. And he well, said, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's, that's totally that's, fine. That's the number like, one thing that happens That's here. it. Well, yeah. mission accomplished. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so then what comes, what comes, I mean, now you've accomplished so much. You've, uh, you've changed the world. You've changed uh, the way people think. Uh, no, but seriously, but it is like you, I will say this. I mean, I said that at the beginning of the show, but I do think this. And the whole time we've been talking about it, I can't get it out of my head that there are so I can list, you know, there's a handful of podcasts I can list or, or let's say, I mean, yeah, there's some radio shows, but I think from the world, truly the world of podcasting, there's like a few that I can list off the top of my head that those are like, wow, those really show the potential of this craft. And so anyhow, so what do you do? So like, what is the long-term plan? Like, are you going to do a night fail endlessly? Is this, I mean, obviously you can turn it into a show or write more books or whatever. Does the podcast stay, I mean, you're still going, right? Like you said, yeah. you've done how many episodes? Yeah, we're at, uh, we're posting episode 102, I believe this week. And what's Wait, the longevity? What is, 
Oh, one, right. No, Sorry. like a 103 and 104 are coming up, I think. Look at that. Now you're just, just like, hey, it's just like McDonald's now. You just crank them out. You have a, you have a bunch of people at a, at a, in like podcasting bays just uh, yeah. producing Night Vale content. You probably have several different actors playing the main character. Anyhow, um, tell me, so tell me what, yeah, do you just keep going with this? Do you just keep rolling? Like, is there an end to it? Is there, does it, it will culminate in something? I'm sorry. I'll let you that, No, that's question. totally the plan. I mean, I, I think uh, it's well, the one thing that's really wonderful about Night Vale and, and uh, oh, you asked earlier about influences and this relates to the this question and answer here, which is that one of the things that was happening when Joseph and I first started writing together, like way back in 2010 was, uh, was TV show the TV show Lost was coming to a close, mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember Joseph. Joseph is the one I think who got me into Lost, and so I kind of binged it. He had been watching it since the very beginning, and I, and I binged watched it to get caught up. And so I saw the whole final season in real time, and we spent a lot of time talking about it. And you know, Lost will I think in a, in a lot of ways go down as 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 a disappointment uh, to so many people because of the way it ended. Um, you know. Not to mention the fact that it was a brilliant show with a lot of really, really amazing, amazing stories that may not have ever concluded in a satisfying you're about Lost, way. Right? I'm sorry, yeah, you're, Lost. you're describing Lost, the TV yeah. show. Yeah, Lost, mm. the TV okay. show. Sorry, yeah. Uh, the I mean, ABC there had show. there were moments of brilliance there. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, I mean, mostly in the first season. But, it, uh, yeah, it didn't. It did not <laughs> land as 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 gracefully. As, I mean, did as you I watch think, it? Did you watch it straight through? I'm curious. Like, were you? Were, I I did. Like, I I plowed through. What was it? Six? Was it six seasons? Uh, yeah. It was. So I plowed through the the first five seasons, um, in the like six months leading up to season ten or season six starting. Right. So, uh, so I had a different experience with a lot of people started it way back in 2004 when it premiered and had just plowed through, you know, every week would wait for the next thing. Yeah. But yeah, you, you experienced know, the disappointment in real time. I think one of the things that in looking at, I think as a, as an, as an artist, I find this a good failure of lost, uh, cause it was, it was a learning experience for me and I don't know how the creators feel. And this is really not a knock on the show, but as, as a viewer, one of the things I thought was, you know, if, if I were creating a show like that, I would have tried as hard as I could to avoid ever answering anything. Not that you don't want plot or that you don't want to resolve storylines or you don't want to further develop uh, an idea to help explain what's going on. But the idea of of feeding into we're going to give you answers, I think, is really hard. And I thought what was really wonderful to me about Lost, maybe it's different from others, uh, was the same thing that was wonderful about Alice's and uh, Alice, Alice isn't dead. Sorry, Alice in Wonderland, which is um, it's so strange, and I'm just happy that it is strange, and it becomes less strange when you tell me it was all a dream. Um, you know, well, spoiler it, it, alert. Oh, sorry. Huh? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there are people here who haven't, who have never read a book. <laughs> it's only been out 160 years. And <laughs> so I'm trying totally to read, I told you, I have a lot of books that I have to get through. Okay. There are a lot, there's a lot of material out there that I'm not familiar with. Um, um anyhow, sorry, you were spoiling. No, yeah, that, that's totally it. Um, uh, I think my favorite spoiler is, uh, Somebody, somebody spoiling the, spoiler the New alert, Testament. By the way, spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah, which is uh, which is Jesus is the Son of God. Like, ah, I haven't read it yet, you asshole. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, um, sorry. That's good. That's uh, good. Um, so, it, it kind of put that. Isn't that that? I don't. I, by the way, I haven't read all of the New Testament. Just the best parts, right? Um, <laughs> which are there's so many. Uh, they, do they put that out front? How early in the New Testament do we get that information? Is it right on the right at the top? 
Oh, it, it's totally right up front. Yeah, they they they, they they don't really hold back. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You, you know it from that's the get go. Um, cool. You don't it's see like, the seven headed the seven headed dragon is a surprise like you're right or whatever <laughs> right like, right that was a man one. the the wasp with the face of a man you don't see coming <laughs> right you right know, you couldn't possibly have guessed that shit. Yeah, um, or that, or that anyhow, Judas was I, an android and Jesus yeah. <laughs> found out when he cut his finger and the white That's blood. That's right. Hole. Yeah. I love the idea that d- d- buried somewhere in the Bible that maybe I've missed is they describe in detail a robot. Like, they, right. it's like, oh, and Judas, you know, had these b- machine parts and was, uh-huh. you know, powered by solar. He had like solar panels and that's all detailed in the in the original uh, New Testament. Yeah, Anyhow, totally. but getting getting back to your point, which yeah, uh, no, I feel so, we have Yeah, and making destroyed. Nightville like we, uh, the idea, the beauty of it is it can just go on and on because we're not, there's a lot of weird things about Nightville and we're always sort of trying to address them. And we do think about like, oh, it'd be really cool to explain why this that we set up a while back is that way. But uh, we try not to ever set up the show as a series of um strange and weird mysteries that have to be resolved it's not nightville isn't uh, isn't a puzzle it's it's just an enigma and right. uh mm. and so I, I think there's there's a thing where like there's a joy in not having all the answers you know we don't always get what we want and sometimes that's great and so i think that yes, we're uh, experiencing that in reality right now <laughs> yes and sometimes it's <laughs> isn't terrible isn't it wonderful this is so, just like your, it's just like your podcast now that i think of it sure. actually if you um, want to know what Welcome to Night Vale is like, just live in reality. Um, what's what's uh, I have to a quick tangent is that we were having yeah, our please. we were having a writers meeting the other day and we were working on a on a on a new script and we were um, for a touring live show and we were we were talking about this idea of like oh it's so much harder sometimes because Night Vale is in a lot of ways super authoritarian. There's a lot of 1984 elements to Night Vale, but but rather than making it a true dystopia, we just make it kind of like a normal little tiny town community that everybody is right. just this is our town this is what we do like we're sometimes upset with it sometimes we're happy with it for the most part this is just where we live our lives and it's cool rather than really going orwellian and being like this is a shithole nightmare world yeah no uh, i mean night vale, to escape from i mean night vale like one of its great um one of the great uh feats of night vale is that uh you know it's sort of like horrific and and yet lighthearted. I mean, you don't get a lot of like it's like in the mouth of madness, which is a great one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. I don't know if you know it or not, but I've never seen it. You know, no. well, it's set in a kind of Lovecraftian hell world, um, very meta, a very meta Lovecraftian hell world, and um, and it's terrifying and upsetting. And there's no there's no light. There's no like levity there. There's no. Um, <laughs> you mentioned before like levity and gravity. You know, yeah. like, it's it's all gravity and no <laughs> levity and. It's like there's like the, I mean there's maybe a couple of like uh, very very minor laughs in between the utter um, just like destruction and chaos of the film, yeah. but uh, but Night Vale's like the same world in a lot of ways like to me, but you just it's like you keep it light. It's like you know it's like a first date, and it becomes hard in this day and age with with our with our new president uh, to to write in a way that doesn't feel like a terrible for that because right. while we do a lot of satire and night veil we tend to try not to be too on the nose if we're going to be on the nose about it we'll lean full into it and then just tip it over um but a lot of times we try to be a little bit more subtle a little bit more complex with the satire that's there um and so sometimes we're like oh i want to be careful not to make a, a thing where we're apologizing for an authoritarian 
type character on the show. Yeah, please don't. don't right. Do you know what I mean? Like you but but the history of Nightvale is filled with with characters who are awful and abuse their power and it becomes comical. And so right. it does change <laughs> a little bit to like uh you know, I, I don't want to make it sympathetic for people to do that uh, now. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, so that I, that's tough. I mean, it's it is we are have entered a period of um, reality that seems uh, like the bleakest, but also the least like reality that we've had in a long yeah. time. Yeah. You're like this. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I know, I know you're a big Trump supporter, um, and you were <laughs> out there campaigning for him. But um, I, I like, I wake up a lot of days now. I wake up and I'm like, maybe it doesn't not right in the morning, but just at some point during the day, I'm kind of like, is it wait? Is this is this real? Like, is it real? Is it still real? Like, is this actually happening? And then you like you're like, oh yeah, okay, it's actually happening. I mean, it is kind of like, do you does that hurt Night Vale? Like, in some way, to have such a a, a what's the word? Um, an abstract reality, such a um, such a perversion of reality that we're living through right now. Does it hurt your your ability it, to make a perverted reality? It's certainly right now making us think a lot more about it. Um, you know, we have a character in the show, and she's one of my favorite characters to write for, and the character is Pamela Winchell. She's the former mayor, um, but she didn't want to be mayor because ultimately all she, the only thing she liked about being mayor was delivering emergency press conferences. Yeah. And so the new yes. mayor just uh. made her director of emergency press conferences. And then so she just walks around with a microphone and a portable PA and, and just does emergency press conferences. And a lot of her stuff is really she'll just start telling long, winding, surrealist stories that have nothing to do with anything. But then when we have scenes in, in the uh, book, we just wrote a, a second novel and we have this uh, she becomes a, a character, recurring character in the novel. And th there's a lot of moments where we had, you know, where you write out where people are asking her about something that actually happened that seems like an emergency. And the way she fires back at the reporters or the people asking her questions, like, you know, they'll be like, did you know, what is the city doing about this? And she'd say, I, I don't know. You're a reporter. You do your job. Go find out. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we create these like weird catch 22 circular logics, uh, logical scenarios with her. And um, and then Sean Spicer comes along and Kellyanne Conway. And you're just like, oh, you're stealing our bit. Of yeah. just making shit up. No, it's <laughs> and, it's how it, it's it does make fiction seem. Uh, I mean, I remember you know there's this thing about after post nine eleven, right? The nonfiction book sales went through the roof, and everybody was trying to like figure out uh, what's going on in the world. But this is so different because it's like you're just it's like a I'm, I'm not comparing nine eleven and Trump's uh, presidency, but I will say it's like a it is like a nonstop, slowly unfolding, seemingly endless um just like uh tension uh-huh that 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 is that makes it hard to ever you know really take stock of it and i feel like so fi fiction is like it's tough right now like I, nothing seems interesting to me like i keep looking at things or listening to things and i'm like you know actual news is the worst yeah. And by the way, it's my business. It's my business, so I sure. have to deal yeah. with it to some degree. But then, like, but then fiction is also like it's too outrageous to me to even pay attention to. Right? It's like yeah. I can't even relax enough to enjoy, uh, you know, an episode of Welcome to Night Vale. But maybe you, maybe you guys have the right mixture. Um, maybe that is. Maybe I should go back to listening to. May I pick it back up? I mean, I was only. I don't know how many episodes I made. I was probably like twenty five in or something. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to listen to it from the start when I started listening to it. 
Um, and for me to have done 25 of anything is very impressive. But um, <laughs> maybe you guys are in the right place because you can actually toy with reality as much or as little as you want in what you do. I mean, Trump can be a character in Night Vale if you want him to be. Well, and yeah, you, you, you certainly could do that. I mean, I, I generally think like it's it's fun to sort of take that expectation and then like subvert it a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, we, you know, to sort of like build out uh, components of Trump or some other popular uh, character or persona in the zeitgeist and kind of build a character around it and then, uh, you know, flesh that character out to be more human. Right. You know, yeah. Trump seems hardly human at all. Like he he he's so like even if you said Donald Trump is a fictional story, which would be great if he was. But if it, let's say he was if, if if I read about him in a book like uh, he needs to be a background character because he's so there's no evolution to him. You know, right. There, there's right. no there's no change that he goes through. And uh, and so, yeah, he he would fit in a, as a very like really perfect tertiary character in Night Vale. Um, but even those characters were like, oh, I become really fascinated with this this former mayor who just likes delivering emergency press conferences. So we give her, you know, deeper things happening in her life. Uh, Trump never seems to have that. Like it seems to be about the same stuff over and over again. And, right. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's not nearly as interesting as a character that somebody would write, uh, but he's but way more way more awful. I think. Oh the, God, uh, yes. <laughs> you know. Um, okay, so we should we should wrap up. But I want to I want to ask one question that this is something I've, I've thought a lot about. Where is Night Vale physically located? In the American Southwest. Yeah, but specifically, like, can you yeah, tell me? What that's that means? pretty much. You, that's pretty much it, right there. I mean, I you think, won't get any more specific than that. No. And, and Do you, I, in your mind, know what, where it is? You know. Uh, no, I, I actually, I would, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I honestly don't. Um, you know, Joseph, my co-writer grew up in, in Southern California, uh, kind of in Ventura County area. And so he was on the Western side of the, the, of that, of the desert. And I grew up near Dallas, uh, on the far Eastern side of that desert. And that, that desert changes a lot between West Texas and Southern California, um, but my vision of the desert is very different than his because mine was always the flat mesas of West Texas and, uh, and the panhandle area. And, and his is much more uh, kind of some of, some of the, the f- foothills and sagebrush and things like that. And, mm. uh, and obviously like the, 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 the weird like distant suburban communities of, of the Los Angeles area and the Inland Empire and stuff that kind of built up even in the desert. Uh, whereas West Texas is... Uh, empty um and so uh, yeah so, so I think is it, it, you're saying it's in texas is that what you're telling me well no there's this like amalgam of these two different ideas that come together in our writing and you know if you listen to an episode and you hear any coverage of the high school football team there's it's 100 chance that that's me writing about it and uh because that's the that's the desert communities i know like i think about like you know, like uh, Abilene and, and, and Odessa Permian and a lot of, uh, you know, all the way out to El Paso, like that just the, those high school uh, Friday night, Friday night lights. But there's like, the, yeah, the high school football uh, in Texas was, was such a big deal. And those towns are so sparse. And so the idea of like just a single little town um, that huddles around football every Friday night, uh, I think makes a lot of sense. There's something really like warm and community based about that of like we all come and huddle together around the warm fire of football. And mm. uh so that that's kind of a vision I have sometimes in writing the show, and, and and Joseph has a has a different one based on where he grew up, 
So it, it, there is an amalgam of that. And then you add, so you add those two parts. You also think about Area 51 and Roswell uh, are kind of like Nevada area. And I, I, I think I think there's these, there's components of that too um, that, that would be mixed in. And in fact, the, the, the conspiracy theories around uh, Roswell and Area 51 are part of the inspiration for even putting in the desert in the first place because there's so many so many terrible things can happen in the desert without anyone knowing what's going on. Uh, right. So it seemed, well, it seemed likely that a town like Nightville could exist somewhere in the desert and nobody would know. It's uh, so nice. It, part, part of that description makes me um, sort of envious of, of your Southern experience. I mean, you describe a town that sounds sort of interesting and in some way nice. I feel like the South gets a pretty bad... <laughs> I feel like the South is not that popular right now, at least... Oh, uh, in a, the north, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I mean, you kind of paint a picture of a of a place that maybe wouldn't be the worst to live. Um, actually, I, I painted part of a picture. Uh, there's a lot yeah. more that make the South uh, deserve the bad rap that it gets. Right. Uh, but no, no, no. no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you also mentioned you know sort of these like you know Area 51. So I think that yeah. like maybe the the combo is is exactly is ex- exactly where it should be. Um, yeah. Jeffrey, this is really really interesting and really fun, and I and I hope that. Um, uh, we get a chance to do this again. I, I really appreciate you um, coming on and doing this show. Um, and I'm, and I just, I guess I, I, what I'm wondering is um, as a man who's, maybe you can leave us with some, some guidance for the future as a man who has immersed himself in um, the horrors of, of a place and the, and the beauty of a place like Night Vale. Um, is there reason to suspect that we will all be here in like a year or two? Or do you think, um, are we in, are we on the, are we on the precipice of a complete and total, uh, like nuclear conflagration? Just give us a little taste of that before we, we end the show. I can, I can promise you that we will not all be here a year from now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, just, uh, I'm just going to use the two of us there. between the two of us. You're saying between the two of us, I feel good about the two of us both being okay. around a year from now. And, uh, and, and a vast majority of the people listening to this, I feel good about you being around a year from now. Mm. Um, I can't control everything. And, and statistically there's, there's a good chance that there are a few that, that will not be, and right. uh, and uh, but uh, but I, I I don't know I'm an optimist in in some ways that I feel like I I don't I don't use that as a as a way of judging how I'm going to be to activate myself to fight tyranny <laughs> but yeah. but I do yeah. have I do have some general optimism about uh, humanity you know seeing photos of the people um, at O'Hare and JFK and DFW and LAX um, a, a few weeks ago um, after such an awful first week. Uh, it was really beautiful to see so many people on hand and, and, uh, and you know, protesting uh, the immigration uh, ban. And I, and I just think the, the Muslim ban, as, we, as we're calling it, and I, I just, that's heartening. I think, I think at, at the heart, we're all trying to protect something really good. Uh, and I think we just all have varying levels of ignorance as to what's really going on. And, and hopefully we're all educating <laughs> yeah. ourselves and each other. Um, uh, about that, uh, yeah, and you don't I, think, but but none of that, none and none of that will will none of that bleeds into what you do creatively. I mean, I, I just want it's like I just I was thinking about the protests. Actually, I mean, just hearing you talk about them. Yeah, uh, is there is there even any way with the how like how very immersed in a kind of like fictional world Night Vale is, or any of the other stuff you're working on? It's like there really isn't room where those things cross, is there? At this point, I mean, where it's too dark right now in reality. Yeah, I mean, we sort of take the approach of not of not satirizing the current news or 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 talking about 
the need to protest. I and mean, when we slide stuff in there, like we are, I mean, our most harshly pointed satire is always of the NRA. I and mean, we just blatantly <laughs> rip them apart in our show over and over and over because they're a terrorist organization and we hate them. And we, wow. we, uh, you know, so we will go right after the NRA because I feel like a vast majority of America feel that the NRA is a bad thing. Uh, money wise, it doesn't look that way because they, they get so much, they give so much to Congress. But for the most part, we do things in our show that aren't about, hey, get out there and protest or get out there and support the arts or get out there and fight tyranny or whatever. Um, you know, we did a, a season-long arc of, of Cecil dealing with him looking at his town and seeing how, in a lot of ways, it was bad um, in all the ways that his town was terrible. And it was, um, you know, we played with kind of like an overarching, uh, like a, a moral arc of how do you love where you live? And you love where you live because of the people that you live with. And, and you find the humanity in them and, and you and you love them, not just the person who's your spouse or your best friend or your dog or your cat, but but the but even the the wacko people that 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 are that are maddening to you and you you see the good things that they do. Um, and so we try and play like bigger picture um, the things that make us human. and and I think that's the only way we can really fight that or that we feel equipped to fight what's going on is to deal with the things that make us all human. And that's not to say, Oh, go hug a Trump supporter. We, we're all human beings. It's just to say, um, you know, there, there's, there's a balance between wanting to punch a Nazi and hating your own life. <laughs> wow. Um, that's an so. interesting, that's an interesting, I think I can in a great place to leave. it. <laughs> I think that's like, <laughs> The perfect sentiment to consider. Um, Jeffrey, thank you so much for doing this. Thank Thanks, you for Josh. putting thank you for putting wonderful art into the world and and you'll have to come back um, and maybe hey, you know, maybe next time we talk, uh, things will look very different. Uh, I hope so and I, I would love to be back someday. so uh, yeah, so definitely always give me give me a call anytime. Thanks y'all. that is our show for this week we'll be back next week with more tomorrow and as always i wish you and your family the very best though i've just heard that tomorrow is street cleaning day so i think something very bad is in store for your family